Okay, I think you're really going to like today's guest, Brent Bowers. He shares a lot about an asset that I know absolutely nothing about, and that's raw land. He is killing it buying, selling, holding, and flipping lots, and coaching others on how to do it. And beyond that, he's just a super cool dude and a very positive person. Let's do this. Brent, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Matt. Okay, so I'm excited about this because when you talk to people about real estate, they think about single family houses, you know, doing Airbnbs, uh, real estate syndications, REITs, you know, stuff like that. But most people don't think about buying and selling vacant, unimproved land. And that's what you have kind of mastered. And that's what you do. So tell me about how how it works to buy land and, and make profits as an investor. Yeah, no, great question. I get that out all the time. And let me just give you the, the, the easiest Reader's Digest version because I like things simple, hence the land. Uh, it's super simple and sweet. I I buy on margin of safety, just like you know Warren Buffett follows. I buy land at a discount, at a maximum discount. Or uh, Benjamin Graham, how he says, you know, buy your stocks like you buy your groceries on sale, not like you buy your perfume at retail value. So I'm not paying for for perfume. I'm paying for like the scratch and dent, like those cans that get dented that you like get for like a quarter. That's right. what I look for when I'm buying land. I want to get a massive, massive discount. And 99 out of 100 people are not going to want to use my services. They're not going to want my offer. They're not going to need my help. But one out of 100 people, land sellers, I should say, land owners, will need my services and are unattached emotionally, physically from this land. They no longer want it and they sell it to me at a discount. And then I turn around and... I sell it to my buyers list uh, at an easy down payment and an easy monthly payment, and I create a passive income. Hence the, uh, while we're on here talking about retirement, like Rogue Retirement Lounge, it's the best podcast name ever, because all you've got to do is replace your monthly expenses to hit financial freedom, which is AKA retirement, really in my eyes, on a financial terms. T tell me how you got into this, and then can you tell me about your first deal? Yeah, so I'll tell you how I got into this. Um, you know, short story, I'll keep it short and sweet. 2007, purchased my first rental house, got my teeth kicked in in like 2008, 2009 in the real estate business. Ended up joining the military because I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to learn something different besides real estate. This sucks. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I, I did a couple of deployments. The Army pulls me back to the United States. I was overseas for three years. and. Oh, wow. Guess what? As soon as I hit the ground, guess who's back in real estate? So uh, 2013, buy the house right next to the college. I start house hacking before Bigger Pockets made it cool. Um, right. I didn't know what the heck that was. I rented out the rooms and made money. Had some awesome roommates. Um, then I just started, I took the, the equity I had in that, that house and bought another house with it and then turned it around and bought a triplex. And before I realized it, like I'm in a lot of debt. I'm now paying for private school, paying for classes. I've got these rentals. I've got what, three, five, seven doors now, seven doors. And my credit cards are all maxed out. My Home Depot's maxed out. My Amex is maxed out. Uh, my mother-in-law will no longer talk to me because I haven't paid. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't borrow from the mother-in-law until just recently. Okay, uh, <laughs> but um, so I'm just like, what in the world? How do people buy and hold? Robert Kiyosaki doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, this is garbage. 
Um, so I'm like, I gotta make some fast money. So I start wholesaling houses haphazardly. Um, so I'm like knocking on the doors of the people that are getting notice of defaults behind on their mortgage, basically Liz Pendens, uh, about to go in foreclosure. And let me tell you what, when you knock on people's doors, when they're going through a difficult time, you better knock lightly because they think you're the bank or the police. Um, so I resulted to start leaving little tiny notes and that worked one note on uh, 10 doors. I put notes on 10 doors and I got a deal which turned into a second deal. And then it was time to move again with the army. So oh, wow. picked up, moved again to Colorado, another market to learn. And I was working like 13 hour days and always in the field, always gone, always training. And I was building a team. Uh, because I had no choice uh, for sometimes I'd leave my phone uh, at the office for a week while we're out in the field, you know, simulating battlefield like type exercises because you don't have your phone and most like of the mountains in Afghanistan, they just don't use, they just don't work and you don't use them. Um, so we're simulating this. So I had to hire a team, but I had a problem. Uh, I, I couldn't get the property under contract by rushing to see the seller and meet the seller and if I didn't get the contract that, that first time, I never got the deal. Um, so I was spending tons of money mailing and marketing and I was going like darn near broke doing it. And how did I hear about land? I heard a guy on a podcast just talking about buying land at, for uh, the tax auctions. I didn't really understand that. But one thing I did understand was he said he was buying at a discount and like selling the next day and making buku profit. And I was like, oh my goodness. I have land records I'm not mailing. I have a tax delinquent list that I'm not mailing the land on. I was like getting rid of the land and only mailing the single family residences, the stuff you see on HGTV, the, the cat pee houses, the stuff that like should be bulldozed really. And I was like, I'm just gonna mail this land. So I mailed 687 records, a postcard that said, hey, my name is Brent. I'd like to buy your land. If you're interested in a fair cash offer, call me. So my phone blew up. I swear I got 85 phone calls. And out of those 85, I had time to return about 20 of them. And guess who's not the acquisition manager for my company anymore, by the way. Oh <laughs> um, I returned about 20 of those calls and did two deals for me. And within about two to three weeks, two to three weeks, I did two deals that netted me about $4,500 each cash. So I was hooked. <laughs> I was hooked. Okay, so how does that work capital gains wise? Is that just a short term capital gain? Oh yeah, um, it's like ordinary income. You just get raked across the coals. The IRS has got both hands out um, and they want a lot of money because you know it's just like flipping a house or wholesaling a house. You're gonna get hit with that. Um, so there's some other things I do to use like the, all the, the money we receive now from land flipping and, and the, the passive income. We reinvest that back into rentals one bedroom apartments. Uh, we just finished up four of our 19 units on a, on a 19 unit apartment complex. But here's what's really cool is uh, the tax code was written to benefit guys like me that, uh, that offer affordable housing. Um, so I'm taking advantage of that. So we roll the money into another investment uh, that's hopefully recession proof, like one bedroom, one bath apartments and things like that. Yeah. Our yeah. office building, houses, you name it. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty, you get pr hit pretty hard with taxes, uh, when you flip houses, flip land. Um, so. 
Good but question. if you're doing if you're doing forty five hundred dollar deals every couple of weeks, then uh, then that uh, it takes the edge off the the tax consequences. Yeah, I've literally sold deals just to pay the IRS. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So you start doing these deals. You 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 did did you start tasting blood? Then it's like, oh wow, if I can do this for for land, I need to start expanding my reach and throw out a wider net. What what happened next? Oh yeah, the blood was in the water and I got a taste of it and the, the water was so blue. Um, it was virtually untapped and I was like, I don't know anybody else doing this. Uh, so we kept on doing it, you know, I think, so it was my this first deal, uh, you won't believe what I paid for it. Um, I was actually mailing the list, uh, the tax delinquent list where no tax lien investor went in and paid the back taxes. So it was actually the county held tax lien list. And I didn't know it at the time, but this was land that was like inefficient, not buildable, uh, just lower value. That's why I said I made $4,500 on it. Um, this first piece of land was not buildable. It was actually two lots, two, two buildable lots. They should have been buildable overlooking the Pike National Forest in Colorado, but there needed to be another road over the railroad tracks and the city wasn't allowing it. So the firefighters only had one entrance and one exit or one ingress, egress type thing and they okay. could get pinned down so the seller he's the one that gave me the price he said i'll take 285 dollars for it and i was like you're kidding me right Where, where's the catch here so i was going in the, under the assumption once again it's like there's got to be a catch he's not telling me he's he's tricking me um but i went and looked at the land and it was just magnificent beautiful i had no clue what it was worth still but i knew 285 dollars you can blow that on a on a two nights stay in a days in hotel, motel, whatever the heck those things. Right. <laughs> so I was like, uh -huh. you can't go wrong buying a piece of land. So I went and looked, me and my wife and uh, my brand new baby, newborn baby. Uh, we got in the truck, drove about an hour and a half to this land. It was just amazing. Um, but as we're leaving, we're talking. I'm like, I have no clue what it's worth. And it's as if God planted a real estate office for me to call at the bottom of the hill. So guess what I did? I got on the phone and I just, I was humble. I said, hey, I was hoping you can help me out a little bit. I just looked at this piece of land on Lake Avenue. Um, and she's like, oh yeah, I'm familiar with Lake Avenue. I was like, well, it's not buildable, so I understand. But I wanna know what I can sell this thing for. Like, what's the 30 day blowout price? Cause I mean, $285 was still a lot of money to me uh, then, cause I was broke. I just had a brand new baby, just bought a new house, moved across the country. I didn't wanna leave my money into this land very long. And I was like, what's the get it done now price? And she goes, well, I don't know about that, but I think you could sell it for about $10,000 on, on the MLS. And I was just like, holy smokes. So I thanked her for her time. I told her I'd let her know when I, when I uh, got it purchased and I call her back. Well, she calls me back within about five minutes and says, hey, Brent, uh, is it okay if I uh, buy the land from you? And I was like, sure. What are you offering? She said, $5,000. I said, great, when can you close? She said, Wednesday. Uh, it's like four days from now because it's Saturday. She said, yeah, I'll close on Wednesday. Uh, so I was like, sure, send me the contract. So she sent me a contract. I call my seller. I said, I'm going to meet you on Tuesday. Is that okay? And I'll pay you. I'll bring the deed. So he brought me the deed on Tuesday. I drove it to the title company. And the title company did everything on Wednesday. And I picked my $5,000 check up on Wednesday. So, And I actually made a little wow. bit more than $4,500 on that one. But I did another one that, that following weekend that I paid 500 for. And this time I unlocked the, the key to the vault because I put it on Craigslist the next day, Sunday. 
and I had an offer that night for $500 down because this one I wanted to do financing for. And this was another non-buildable piece of land because you couldn't access it. There was no legal access. So you had to go across state land to get to it. But I, I disclosed everything I knew about it. But this guy brought me $500 down cash. We did a land contract, contract for deed. And he brought me $400 a month after that. And I sold it for a total of $5,000 to him. And like this guy was, sometimes he'd bring me $400 one week and then $400 three weeks later on time every time. I wish, wow. I wish I wouldn't have sold it for him so cheap because I, I see what he's done to it. But on the other hand, it like gave me proof of concept. Okay, well, just before we move on, what did he do with it? What, what did he end up flipping it or did he, got he end access. up building on it? He got access. He got he, access. And that he did exactly what I told him to. I was like, hey, this is probably going to take you a couple years. A real estate attorney or two, contact the title company because they deal with access issues sometimes. Ask who they use. And be prepared to pay him because when you get this access, it's gonna be this land's gonna be worth buku money, <laughs> and it is, it is. So, yeah. um, and I don't think he's gonna get rid of it. He hasn't done any. He hasn't built on it. Um, all the parcels of land. I used to have this limiting belief, thinking to myself, "Man, I don't want to. I don't want to ruin the land. People are gonna go and cut down trees and build on it and take the 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 the, the home away from the deer and the turkey and the bears." No one's building on any of this land. They're just buying it because they want to have it. Now, granted, like the stuff in the in the city lots, like the infill buildable lots, yeah, they're building on that, but it was already cleared. Well, since you mentioned city infill lots, do you deal in those as well? I will. I absolutely will. Um, I love those because they're usually quick cash. Uh, so I'll get them under contract 50, 60 cents on the dollar, and then I'll sell. So I'll get it under contract. One two three Main Street for fifty thousand, and it's worth a hundred thousand. I'll turn around and sell it really quickly for eighty thousand. Make a quick, quick what? Is that fifty, sixty, seventy, thirty thousand dollars? Um, and I never had to take ownership of the land. And the builder that's buying it from me, the guy that that flips houses, that's so sick and tired of cleaning out those dirty cat pee houses, he buys it. He's got a discount. He controls the process from the ground up, and he's super happy because. What's been going on in this country for the last 10 years? We're, we've got a housing shortage. The builders right. took a break, <laughs> which they rightly should have. <laughs> okay, so what's that look like? Okay, so you, you find this, this infill land, you, you put it under contract, but then before you even do anything with it, you've got it resold. So can you, can you just walk me through that process? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's almost the same exact fashion of wholesaling houses. I am just getting a property under contract at a discount and then I go and market my contract. Legally, I cannot market the property because I'm not a licensed real estate agent. I'm not a broker. So I am selling my contract. Uh, and how do I do that? I will, I'll put it out there. I'll put it out there on Craigslist and Facebook and talk to people. Um, I'll call people. I'll call the county and say, hey, who's building the houses? Or we call it driving for developers. Like we see a house going up, we'll get the address, we'll skip trace it through American Tracers get the LLC information, look it up, call them, say, hey, we got another lot right down the road from you. We see you paid $65,000 for it. Would you pay $65,000 for this one? And we got it under contract for 50. It's a quick $15,000 phone call. But here's the key. Here's the key to the success with the buyers list is you get a massive, huge buyers list and eventually you put it out there and get them to make offers on it. And sometimes it turns into like, a bidding war to where sometimes the, these these developers or, or builders, what do they do best? They build, they develop. They're not trying to buy, 
get massive discounts on land. So sometimes they'll pay full retail. Okay, so when you say get a buyer's list together, this is like your own personal, like an email list that you've developed over time of people who can, will, and have bought land from you. You got it, you got it. Gotcha, okay, so that's part of the reason why you are more qualified to make some serious bank on these things and do it quickly is because you've cultivated this list of, of people who are ready to, to take over these contracts. Right. And let's talk about when I'm just now starting, like when I started in 2015, late 2015, I didn't have the buyers, but guess how I built it. I kept finding properties at a discount. It's almost like the Kevin Costner movie, fill the dreams. If you build it, they will come. Well, if you get it under contract and market it like crazy and, and scream from the rooftops and don't be afraid to say what you're doing. Like, look, I got it under contract. It's worth a hundred grand. I got it under contract for 50,000. Would you buy it for me for 60? And then every time we do when we get bigger and bigger buyers list. Interesting. Okay. So going back, you say that you're not a real estate broker so that you can't market the actual land. You're, you're essentially marketing the, the contract. So what does that look like in, uh, so you, you, you get this piece of land under contract, you for 50 grand, you know, it's worth a hundred grand. So then say you didn't have a list and you were going to put something on, on Craigslist. What does that look like? to avoid you kind of the staying out of trouble for not being a real estate broker. And yeah, and, and great question. Talk to a real estate attorney, make sure you're not crossing that fine line. But here's one thing I do to combat that I buy the land and oh. now it's mine. I can market it. I can do whatever I want to with it. Um, like we actually just listed uh, a piece of land with one of our realtors and I told my land sales specialist, I was like, sell it. And my acquisition manager said, can we legally do that? Can we market it while it's listed on the MLS? I was like, uh, dang right, we can. We own it. And she's like, well, some realtors won't allow you to, to market while they've got an exclusive listing. And I said, well, then we will, we will literally cancel that contract with the realtors. Because if I can't help that realtor market it, then we're not doing business with them. So we absolutely, we market it like crazy. But it's because I own it. I'm not acting as a realtor. I'm acting as as an owner um, and you want you want to just know that uh, like the rules in your state um, and but that's by talking to an attorney getting that that expert advice the counsel ahead of time gotcha okay that makes sense now I know you're not a tax attorney or a CPA but uh, is selling the contract versus selling the land is that a different taxable event or does it all end up becoming basically um, earned income to my knowledge it's all earned income Gotcha. Okay. So full rack rate. Okay. Yeah. Now I will give you one thing. There is tax code. There's a tax, uh, man, I wish I can quote. This was a year ago. I had to look this up. When we sell our finance land, as long as it is vacant, unimproved, that's no improvement. I'm talking about not even a culvert on this property. The IRS allows us to break up our profit if we sell our finance. So for instance, we sell the land for ten thousand dollars and we collect a thousand dollars a year we don't pay the taxes on that that one thousand dollars until we actually collect it and we have to do what's it's like it's a, a breakdown of what we collected and then we only pay on that what we've collected but it's oh. got to be vacant residential residential is the key raw land interesting okay well again good more good reasons to have a good either a real estate lawyer or a good tax attorney who understands oh yeah real estate. Yep. You got to okay. find the smart people and bring them in. 
Absolutely. Okay, cool. So um, where, where are you now? Where are you now uh, geographically? I'm in Florida now. We actually just recently moved here uh, about a month and a half ago to be closer to my parents, my wife's parents, and uh, just back home. Uh, we, were, we were out in Colorado for six years, really enjoyed it, built a flourishing business, and here we are back. My, my daughter's like beating on the window. She wants to come oh, in the office. <laughs> Sorry about okay. that. I'm sure oh, you're here. It's fine. Um, okay, so now you've built up this big buyer's list. You've got this this business happening in Colorado. You uproot yourself. You move to Florida, and so you're going to kind of start all over again. Are you still able to engage in this business from where you are back in Colorado, or are you just letting that die? Oh, no, absolutely not. I've got an amazing team out there. Uh, they're running the show. I've actually got a, uh, my executive assistant lives literally 20 minutes away from me here in Florida. And so, no, absolutely. The great thing about land is there's geography freedom. I could do this from Afghanistan or the Philippines because I have three people in the Philippines as well. So it's just a, it, it takes, you know, we've got a whole entire system uh, of people doing what they do best. Uh, and, you know, I, I do what I do best and that's getting on these podcasts and talking with you and, and great podcasts. And I contract out the rest really uh, because I built the mousetrap and I love seeing it like go. Like it just turns and goes. Fascinating. Okay, so you've got that kind of on autopilot back in in uh, Colorado. Are you are you starting over kind of and doing the same thing in Florida, or are you on to bigger and better things? You know what? Um, I as soon as I got to Florida, I, I was driving around. And I was like, oh my goodness, look at this opportunity! So we were here two weeks, and we already started our our uh, marketing campaign in two counties out here. No kidding. And did you? Yeah. Did, and what gave you? that feeling so i mean and grant i don't want you to give away all your secrets but yeah. so you were driving through neighborhoods what 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 gave you that feeling that oh wow we can make money here what were some of the signs that you saw just the building the growth that's happening the amount of people that are moving into florida there's a lot of things going on in politics right now and people are relocating uh to this state and as well as when i'm sitting there talking to a banker and he's telling me about the land deals that he's done and this and that. So it's like, wow. And I was like, I didn't even think about that. I went to college in that county. And so it's just like, it's it's all starting back up again. It's like, and it's like, you're you're here, you're surrounded by gold. Like, let's, let's start getting involved with it as well. So absolutely not. Colorado's flourishing and this is about to grow as well. We were already in Florida. Um, we're in my hometown, but not not very active, just a here and there type onesie twosie stuff. Um, but I, I'm looking to really expand it. And it's really cool. Um, I miss being able to go and see the land that I own because I got virtual with it. Um, I went in Arizona and, and Arkansas and places like that. And I've, we've bought and sold probably, well, I say sold, sold on financing. Uh, that we're receiving payments on over a hundred and something parcels that I've never stepped foot on. And I kind of miss that. I enjoy going and checking it out. A minute ago, or actually a few minutes back, you mentioned uh, limiting beliefs. And so here's my limiting belief in related to your industry. I think to myself, okay, I follow the demographics. We know that Florida and Texas are going insane with this whole <laughs> red state influx and blue state exodus. And so I think to myself, yeah, I'd love to move to Texas and kind of get in on this, but wait a minute. Now everyone in Texas knows as land values are going crazy, they already know that they're sitting on a gold mine, so they're not gonna to wanna to sell to me. So 
Uh, it's same thing in Florida. It's like, how can you make any money if, if all these people are moving there and prices are going crazy? So help me with my limiting belief uh, as far as, yeah. as that, that rationale. Let me show you a picture from a student that he just sent me today. Um, this is in Texas. And you're right. Uh, it's, it's like the reticular activator. Um, when we buy the red car, we see it everywhere. We're on these podcasts. Yep. We're land investing. We see it everywhere. Oh, man, everyone's getting into house wholesaling because we're now wholesaling houses. Everyone's buying rentals. But, you know, it's not that they don't know and see what's going on. It's you're, you're providing speed and convenience for a portion of their equity. But this is a picture um, that a student sent to me. And I don't know if you can see, but these are all the transactions that are closing this month, the ones 42,000, 53,000, you see the ones like $260,000. These are all in Texas. Wow. So that's what's going on in Texas. Just because, you know, it's like we're in Colorado Springs. We still buy fixer upper houses out there and flip those as well. And people ask, like, there's just no deals out there. How in the world are you finding a deal? And, you know, Henry Ford said it best whether you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. Interesting. Okay. And just for the listeners, um, he, he held up a, a, a list on his phone that was like 10 different deals that were closing this month. So um, you're, you're talking about uh, a lot of deals. Okay. So. And that's a fellow land investor. That's not even me. That's not my business. <laughs> I'm not just, in Texas. Yeah, just some dude in Texas. Okay. So there are still <laughs> opportunities out there. The, and and the fact that these exoduses are happening and these these influxes are happening, that's that's it's not going to kill someone and make it so they can't actually do this and make it happen. Yeah, there's always opportunity, you know, whether the tides rising or going out, you know, what I've seen since 2016, early 2016. I feel like land went from a buyer's market to where you can go and pretty much just make the price you wanted for land. Now it's turning into a seller's market because there's such a demand for it. There's a high demand. When something, when we get such a high demand, things, things change and now the sellers are making the rules, but there's still not, 99 out of 100 sellers are not gonna want to hear your low ball offer and they're gonna give you grief over it. They're gonna tell you how they feel. Um, I don't know how to tell people uh, how to get over that besides just become a rhinoceros and get three inch thick skin and just keep charging and you know, just let the torpedoes hit you. Great book, uh, by the way, by Scott Alexander, um, Rhinoceros Success. Um, but that's, we just have to take the heat from those 99 because of one out of the 100, one out of those 100 people are going to want to hear what we got to say and going to want our solution. And I'm not, maybe not even the sellers, it's just the landowners. We're finding land that's not even for sale. And they're like, yeah, I'll sell. This is a great time to sell. Look at all this opportunity. And they'll, they'll give us it. They'll give us the land for a discount because we're easy. We don't have to worry about talking to a realtor or taking photos of the land, any of that stuff. Interesting. So in your portfolio right now, what would you say the percentage of land that you just flip the contract on versus actually buying the land uh, outright and then 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 either selling it or or holding a contract on that? I wish I could sell or finance 100% of it, but I run out of money. You know, so I've got sure. to flip some land. I got to sign the contract for some land. So I would say eight out of 10, we, we sell or finance. The other two, we flip them, we wholesale them. Um, and lately, uh, lately, you know, it's easier to find those flips and those wholesalers because it's now, it's now a seller's market. So it's like, it's driving the price up. Um, so one of them in particular, 
uh, that we wholesaled was you know a, a, a piece of land that was set up for multifamily. So we got it under contract for what we thought was a great price, a discount, and then we put it out there to our buyers list and made a quick $73,000 assigning that contract. So that gives us some money to buy some, some recreational land on the outskirts um, at 30, 40 cents on the dollar and turn around and sell it at uh, retail and charge an interest rate, uh, get a down payment and a monthly payment for it. Fascinating. Okay, so um, so you, you briefly you talked about the tax advantages of if it's totally unimproved land holding that contract, but on, on other land where people actually do buy it from you and build on it, you're just basically getting a stream of passive income out of that. But just just curious, what, what kind of interest rates as a someone who's carrying the contract, what kind of interest rates do you get these days? You know what? Our, our average is about 9%. And I wish I can say it's always been like that. Um, I see guys charging 12% as well. Um, we used to do 0% interest up until probably about, I don't I'd say about 10 or 11 months ago. Oh, wow. And we started doing 9% interest and it actually helped us uh, for negotiation as leverage. Uh, so if they call off of one of our ads and they see we're asking 9% and they're a little like wishy-washy about putting their down payment, because we can take a down payment like, hey, what's your card number, Matt? Or what card are you gonna put this on? It's that easy. And okay. if they're like a, like a little hesitant, we say, you know, hey, what would make you feel comfortable to pull the trigger today? Would it be maybe a lower interest rate? And usually, heck yeah, that would make me want to pull the trigger today. Uh, what would you need to see that interest rate be if you, like, what would you need to see that interest rate at to go ahead and just get this done now? Let's get it done. Uh, you know what? 7% interest. So you're saying that if we can lower it down to 7% interest, you'd be ready to sign the, the, the contract today, do your down payment and, and own this piece of land? Yeah, absolutely. All right, let me make sure that's okay with my partner. So my land specialist will call me or my CEO or somebody and just say, hey, we're gonna sell this land at 7%, is that okay? Of course it's okay. Um, and then she gets back on the phone and says, hey, Mr. Buyer, I uh, just wanna make sure that everything's still good. If we can get this thing down to 7% interest, you're gonna go ahead and put the $3,000 down and sign the contract today? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Helen. All right, great, I got you something even better. I'm gonna do it for 6%. So now the buyer's ecstatic, they're happy, they feel like they've won the negotiation. And 10 months earlier, we weren't even collecting interest. And we just made an additional sale so we can take off a little earlier on a Friday. <laughs> okay, I love that so much because if you're talking about, let's say it's a $30,000 piece of land, you know, and, and you're holding the contract and you go from nine to six, if the buyer hasn't like put that into an amortization schedule, they don't realize that they're probably saving what fifteen dollars a month or twenty dollars a month. I mean that that's mm -hmm. not a big that's not a big win, yeah. but but that seals the deal for you and it's a win win, and you're still getting a good return, comparatively speaking, to a lot of different uh, vehicles out there. So that's yeah. I, I love that. So true, and as long as it's a win in their mind, that's all that matters. Um, yep. As long as they feel great about the, because at the end of the day, we want them to feel like they got the best deal possible. Um, and, and a lot of them won't even negotiate. So we offer that to them. Um, so it's just at the end of the day, like we even ask, like, what's an affordable payment? Because we own the land free and clear. We can do whatever we want with it. Um, so it's, it's, it helps them sometimes by lowering it down $15 a month. 
Sometimes okay. that's the make or break for some people. A lot of our buyers are paycheck to paycheck and they don't think about what the total cost of this is going to be. They're looking at, I'm going to change my future. Like I'm going to own a piece of land one day that I can build a cabin on and 30 years is going to double in value. If you look at what farmland went at in 1990, it was worth about 1,500 an acre. 2020 is now worth 3,000 something an acre. So it's more than doubled in 30 years. So they're looking at that uh, legacy, like memories, like we're gonna build fires on this thing and camp and roast marshmallows. And it's only costing me $300 a month. So that's, that's, that's where it's at. Okay, I love that. And then, okay, one last question about the mechanics of this. So when when you are selling this to someone, you you you've, you own this piece of land outright. You're gonna carry the contract, and you're gonna essentially loan them the value, you know, on paper. What kind of a down payment do you usually require for something like that? You know what? It depends what we're selling. I've gotten. I would say the biggest down payment I've ever ever got on a piece of land was forty thousand dollars down. Um, and those, I generally like to just sell those through a title company and let the title company set up the deed of trust and the promissory note to the instruments to protect me if they stop paying. Right. Um, but here's my sweet, my, my sweet spot. I feel like everyone lately, and uh, it might be because the government is sending checks and de direct depositing uh, funds right into people's account, but everyone lately has been able to come up with anywhere from one to $3,000 down pretty easily. So. Okay. Nine ninety nine. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, and then, and, then, and and you you basically you do you have like boilerplate contracts by this point where you can just kind of fill it out, or do you do you have to have a lawyer go through all of these transactions? Yeah, we had an attorney set up a, a purchase agreement for us, um, and I recommend like if you're doing this in Texas, you know, have a Texas real estate attorney sure. uh, do this for you, and they're going to say you can't do a contract for deed on. Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent, you can. They're not laying their head there at night. This is not a rental property or a house. You don't have to deal with Dodd-Frank or RESPA. You know, just talk to the right counsel. But we had a real estate attorney set it up for us. And then I went and uh, paid someone $5 on Fiverr uh, to set this thing up to where my land specialist can fill in the blank. Bam, bam, bam. So she could fill this five page, or I think it's maybe six pages now, contract for deed out in five minutes. And get, here's the thing. We will not fill it out until the down payment and the dock fee has been deposited or we've pulled the funds because we're not in the business of writing contracts. We're in the business of, you know, selling land. Gotcha. Fascinating. Okay. I love this. So now you teach people how to do this. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely do. We, obviously, I've got a tried and true method. I teach people how to buy land at a massive discount and sell the stuff in your sleep so you can create a business that serves you, you and your family and others. And virtually, you know, it's about what this podcast is about, the Rogue Retirement Lounge. Like virtually retire, I mean, at whatever age and, and do things on your terms. Like I'm home for breakfast and I'm home for dinner. So what does that look like? So to, if, if somebody wants to hire Brent Bowers to teach them how to buy land and uh, make some money. How do, how does, how do they do that? You know, I would say the first step is let's get to know each other. I, I'm the only guy on YouTube right now talking about buying and selling land, how to sell it, how to buy it. Um, I just started, I just launched my YouTube channel three months ago, head over to Brent Bowers on YouTube, check it out. And if you're really interested in getting, you know, figuring out if this is a, a fit for you, and you want to talk to someone on my team, head over to the, the landsharks.com. Schedule a call. 
We'll see what your real estate goals are. Um, if we feel like we're a great fit, feel like we can help you, which I'm, I'm pretty sure we can, uh, schedule a call, talk to someone on my team and we'll get you started. And you know, I've got students that have literally made a uh, guy out in Utah, his name is Tom, made money in the first 29 days, you know, and he's got passive income coming in. So that's, that's what it's all about. I, I wanted to, when I was getting out of the military, I looked at what my expenses were and I backwards planned it to how many, how many dollars I needed to pay those expenses. And then I looked at, okay, I'm getting $400 a month on the second deal. Uh, how many of these do I have to do? So if I needed eight grand a month, I needed 20 of those, right? Right. Interesting. Okay. So last question then for people who are interested in this, say, uh, say someone, you know, they've got all their money wrapped up in, in the stock market and whatnot, and they only had like X number of thousands of dollars. How much would you say the minimum that you would need to have on hand in order to get started buying and selling land? It let's, and, and I'm sure that like all real estate is very location specific, but let's just say someone was living in Colorado in the area kind of where you were, what would you say you would, you should have in your, in your coffers in order to safely get yourself started? Well, when I did it in Colorado late 2015, I had $285. <laughs> That's what I started with. But how did I get in touch with these people? You know, I was mailing that postcard. Um, so I would say if you, you're going to need at least $50, $60 a week to be able to get, get the mail out, the marketing out. Now, there's cheaper ways to do it. You can go down to the assessor's office and pull a list and skip trace that list and text and call. Uh, the old-fashioned way if you really need to save money but i mean really if, if you got an extra 50 60 dollars you can do this business fascinating okay um well brent thank you so much for joining me today i'm my my first of all i'm going to be looking you up on youtube because my 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 brain is reeling with with possibilities because yeah. I, just, I just love this so i'm going to put links to your youtube channel and the landsharks.com on the listener notes for the podcast and um uh, you know, I just got to say that I'm, I'm kind of speechless just because I think this is so cool and I want, I want to do it. Yeah. I love it. It's fascinating. I enjoy it. I love land. It's so clean. It's simple. It's easy. It's financial. It's giving me financial freedom that I never thought possible. But what's really cool is it's giving me time freedom. You know, every time we do a note, every time we sell a piece of land, we're paid for what, five, 10, sometimes 30 years on that, that thing. So I'm like shouting it from the rooftop. It changed my life and yeah, I'm seeing it change other people's lives. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be a Wholesaling Inc. coach, uh, part of Wholesaling Inc. for uh, their land coach. And I've got the people literally uh, walk people through on a live podcast, uh, Tracy Kroll, uh, we called it the 90 day do or die. Like she had to find a deal in 90 days and make some money. Um, I pu we pulled it off. Uh, we did it. Um, but you know, it's just, wow. just being able to see like n what motivates me now is like, okay, students having success, um, because you can't do it all by yourself. Interesting. Well, Brent, thank you so much for being here. This was uh, inspirational. And like I say, again, the wheels are turning upstairs <laughs> and I, uh, I can't wait to learn more about this. I, I wish you very much good luck in your continued ventures. And thank you for joining me. Thank you, Matt, so much. Nothing in this podcast is meant to be financial, legal, or tax advice. Though there's some kick-ass information here, it's for informational purposes only. Take control of your retirement planning, but get professional counsel if you need tax, legal, or financial advice. For more content like this, join my mailing list at rogueretirementlounge.com. 
And if you have questions about retirement investing, entrepreneurship, business, or anything else, my email address is matt at rogueretirementlounge.com. 